Just kidding. It doesn't even matter, right? That game didn't matter. That's not a blueprint at all for what's going to happen against the four seed, right? <laughs> somebody Kansas tell me, somebody played tell me like it didn't matter. Yeah, yeesh. But it, it, I just had to... It's been a while since we had the Curb Your Enthusiasm music because all I've done is winning. So I, I, I had to throw that back in there just because... Where do you even start with a game that really doesn't matter? But we're gonna we're gonna tell you we're gonna talk about it like it did because it happened, and that's what we do on this show. You get every game, not just the highlights on the Inside the Paint podcast. That's why we get paid the big bucks to talk about the big games. I'm Ryan Landry. I'm Landon Fields, and I, I guess I'm Nick Wiper. Does does no everybody right? You guys can can confirm that you guys are paid the big bucks to talk about these games. I do get paid, not normally from this, but I do make money elsewhere. <laughs> you you have means of income in life, and you do this podcast as mutually exclusive things. Right. That, yes. You can take. Yeah. You, I, yeah. I could end after the first two things. And you can just you can extrapolate from there. Yep. Yep. Well, we are going to talk about Texas and Kansas, but you're probably not going to get as thorough of a recap as you normally do because it was a game that clearly Kansas. Uh, didn't put a lot of effort into the whole way, which they had won the league. They had it clinched heading into the last game. So I guess you could say they earned the right a little bit to, to kind of coast. But now the, the, the most important time of the year is here. Every game from here on out is an elimination game and some sort of tournament. And we're going to talk about the Big 12 awards that came out today. Do our own awards. Let's look back on our awards from uh that we gave out in october let me just go ahead and give you a preview this is what uh, this is a summary of how we did <coughs> looking at all of us for our oklahoma's as most surprising team award if you scroll down in the notes you'll see a bunch of clown emojis you'll know when you get there uh so there's that and then we're going to preview a tournament big 12 tournament week is upon us and uh, this is one of we i've talked about this is one of my favorite times of the year i know that you guys uh, haven't gotten to experience a Big 12 tournament, but still got to be a lot of fun watching on TV. So we're going to preview that. We don't know Kansas' next opponent. We're going to try to tell you who we think it's going to be. All right. Anything else? Anything else I missed? I'm on I'm on like a bunch of sugar right now, so I'm ready to go. Uh, let's talk about a 16-point L. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good way to, to let me fling myself off a cliff. All right, let's do it. Okay, the official score of this, uh, here it is. Ahem. Because ick. Number nine, Texas, 75. Number three, Kansas, 59. Landon, I normally throw it to you to read game stories, but Nick, you handle it today. I'm feeling like you can handle uh, things better than KU did. How did that loss go down? Yeah, uh, their only lead, Kansas, that is, was at 2-0. They fell behind 9-2 after that. Didn't have it closer than three possessions at any point in the last 31 minutes. Texas's defense bothered the Jayhawks all night, holding KU to 36% from the floor and another underwhelming three-point shooting performance highlighted by Grady Dick. Um, yeah, Kansas now 1-5 in, in the last six years and 3-8 and eight in the last 11 years in their final road conference game. Uh, first of all, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. And what is going on with that trend? Why is why does it seem like this is this, this last conference game when the title's locked up, the KU always finds their way to get blown out? Landon, I'll let you lead off. Yeah, I, I would imagine the easiest answer to that would be that 90% of the time, either Kansas has the league locked up and road games are hard in this conference anyway, and when you have the league locked up, we're very, very, very close uh, and road games are hard anyway, that, yeah, losing your last road game is going to be something that happens. Or the couple of times Kansas hasn't had the conference locked up, it's largely because they're not a good road team that year. Um, and they'll 
be more likely to lose a game because they're not a good road team. So that's my best guess. Um, I don't know. It is a weird thing because they are normally a good road team, especially in this conference. So I, I have to think it's more of a motivation thing than anything else. Yeah, let's look at the actual games here because, the, as Nick said, 3-8 and eight in their final road game of the season in the last 11 years. Uh, two of those years, Landon, as you said, they weren't good enough to win the conference. That was 2019 and 2021. Uh, so we can eliminate those from the are they motivated slash do they have anything to play for angle. It's kind of a mixed bag. 2014, 15, 18, and 23. So four of the eight L's, the team already had the outright conference secured whenever they went down and lost their final road game of the year. So, and the the 2015 game, they were missing a bunch of, of their team. Perry Ellis didn't play. Uh, Landon Lucas didn't play. That was the game in Oklahoma. 2014 was blown out in the Andrew Wiggins and nobody else showed up game. 2018 was kind of similar to this one. They went on the road and played Oklahoma State, and they were never in that game. That was the only time that, at that point, they had been swept under Bill Self. So if you take that out, there really wasn't much motivation there. So half the time, if they've lost their final conference road game of the year, they have already had the league locked up. But then there is 2013, where going into the game in Waco, they already had a share of the conference locked up. A win would have been an outright conference title. They got blown out. 2022 last year remember they had the TCU makeup home game because of COVID so they were still definitely fighting for a big 12 title when they lost the last two road games they played last year so I think it's a mixed bag I think that it's a little bit fluky in the sense that just like their streak of how they've won a thousand straight conference openers and won a thousand straight senior nights I don't know if you can say it's motivation because this team also wins their last home game of the year every single year I think bad luck and probably a little like luck in the sense that it's just a fluky coincidence. But yeah, there probably is also something along the lines of they already knew this conference was locked up. They're already pretty much bolted on the one line in the NCAA tournament. Not a lot to play for. And then on top of all that, I think you can say that they were playing a really good team. Texas finished second outright in the Big 12 this year. They were very tough. They only lost a couple home games all season long. So it happens. You play good teams in this conference. You can't be the fan that says, this Big 12 is so good. We should be the one overall seed and also say, can you believe that Kansas didn't show up today? Both those things can't be true because the conference is really good and, and L's are going to happen. Nick, is that kind of along the lines of how you think? Well, yeah. I mean, it seemed like there was a, a serious lack of effort in this game considering that they lost by 16 and never, like you said, were never really in this game from the start. Um, so it looks, it to me, on, on the surface, it looks a little bit more than, you know, they just lost a tough conference game. Uh, kind of similar to the TCU game, but just a different time in conference play. The TCU game was a little bit more important than this one where they lost on their home floor by 23. And just interestingly, I, I think a more interesting dynamic to talk about for this type of loss has happened frequently this season. It's KU getting blown out in their losses. Um, quite a few of these losses. It hasn't been close in a couple of these games. Granted, the K-State overtime loss was by one, but Really, all these other conference losses, you know, Baylor was, what, four or five? But outside of that, just they weren't great. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. They lost five conference games. TCU was a blowout. This was a blowout. Iowa State was a blowout. Baylor, they lost by six, but they really weren't in that game the last few minutes. And, yeah, K-State was obviously really close. 
I think I just kind of disagree with all of the takes. Like, I disagree with they didn't play hard. They did. I disagree with uh, the, you know, they didn't want it more. Okay, whatever. I disagree with um, the, they, where are some of the other angles? The, um, they already had it locked up, so they didn't care. No, I think they still care. Uh, I disagree with the, I'm glad we got that stinker out of our systems because that means it totally won't happen next week. I don't think that's true either. I think it's just, it's a good opponent on the road, and you're going to lose some games whenever you play top 10 teams on the road. I was expecting it to be closer than that. I'm sure motivation was a part of it, but I think the game it reminds me the most of was the 2018 finale in Stillwater, where Kansas, in a similar spot, they were 13-4 and heading into the last game of the year in an already wrapped up conference, and they just got plastered by an Oklahoma State team that they turn around and blew out themselves like five days later in the Big 12 tournament. So it doesn't really mean anything for us far as I think that it's good that they got this out of the way or it's bad that the offense was bad. I think it's just a game that happened and I think you're going to see a postseason mode. I think they've kind of been waiting for the postseason for a while and you're going to see them kick it hopefully into another gear. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time analyzing this game outside of a few players because there really isn't a whole lot to take away from it. Uh, this is one where the, uh, the angle that I think we should take is to just kind of flush it. Maybe a little bit of analyzing on the offense having an unsettling trend as of late but for at least a lot of the players it was a game against a really tough defense. Landon, go ahead and lead us off. Let's talk about Jalen Wilson, who won some hardware today. Uh, he played fine, and he was really the only one you can say that did. He did win some hardware. Your Big 12 Player of the Year, Jalen Wilson, scored 23 points, had 10 rebounds, but he started 0-6 from the floor, didn't begin to make shots until the team was already getting rolled. He did end his long three-point drought by going 3-7 of to the line. Jalen Wilson will miss 19 threes in a row, but he will never miss 20. He yep, was, was 7 of 18 out. overall and played 39 minutes. Yeah, um, I mean, he was fine once he kind of got going, but it, of course, did not matter very much. Jalen Wilson doesn't get calls like I would expect somebody of his caliber to get. Uh, I thought the refs sucked ass in this game. Do They always suck ass, so they didn't suck more ass than usual, but still ass was sucked. Um, I think that Jalen Wilson deserves a <laughs> little bit Dr. better Seuss. of a whistle. <laughs> I do need a Dr. Seuss book. It's it's the lost book. How, oh, the ass you will suck today by Dr. Seuss because it's all about the officials. <laughs> I hope that Jalen Wilson winds up getting a little better call in the, in the NCAA tournament and with refs that are bound to call lots of fouls, then you think that there's a good chance. But yeah, he made his first three since Valentine's Day and, and he's a really good player. I guess that's uh that's kinda all I have to say about it. Nick, do you have anything to add about Jalen Wilson? He was he was fine and had, none of the baskets were consequential, but whatever. Yeah, no, I I, I think I pretty much agree with you. I mean, there's nothing to complain about when he scores twenty three points. But also, I mean, some of the shots he did take in this game, especially earlier on, just like they were just not good looks. I think that he could the one thing that could elevate his game a little bit, and I know he's towards the end of his Kansas career, and it's the, the, the light is going out for that career, but, I mean, some of his shot selection is just kind of poor. I just wish that he would, you know, especially in situations where he's double-teamed at the basket and shooting a layup, like fl flicking around, shooting a layup that has no chance of going in. Like, just look out and try to find an open shooter. But, I mean, other than that, nothing to complain about. And as Landon said, but deleted in the notes, how much ass could an ass ref suck if an ass ref could suck ass 
Yeah, you never know. You didn't expect focus today, did you? You can't say Kansas was not focused and expect us to do the same. And focus is a problem. That's three because in the state of Texas, that's three straight L's in Austin. This has only happened three times. I think four actually. No, three. Uh, 21, 22, four times. Four times Kansas has lost at least three consecutive road games uh, in the same venue, spanning three straight years or how many years. Uh, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. They lost four in a row in Morgantown. They lost three in a row in Stillwater in the 2010s. And they are currently on three-game losing streaks at Baylor and at Texas. It's been a, been a while since Kansas has won in either of those cities. Each of the last two years, the game in Austin was close. Two years ago was the Jalen Wilson fumble out of bounds where Landon ripped his shirt off. I did do and that. Last and year, last year, they should have won before a banked-in three screwed them. And this year, they just kind of laid dead and got ran over on the, on the street. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, how everybody else was pretty bad. Wilson was the only Jayhawk to score at least 10 points. Finishing second on the team was Big 12 most improved player KJ Adams, who had nine points, but very little else, finishing with two rebounds and zero of anything else. He was uh, he played 29 minutes and was four for seven from the floor. Backing him up was Ernest Uday, who makes for... Because why, why not? Why, why would he just play four minutes? Like... What else would a game or if anybody ever asks me again, if I stop asking me and ask RCB, hey, Kansas has the Big 12 wrapped up. Do you think they're going to rest players? I'm just going to show them the box score of 39 minutes of Jalen Wilson in a game they lost by 16. No, the man is is never going to rest starters. Damn it, Bill. That's why we call him that. Why would Ernest Duda only play four minutes? Whatever. Give me some analysis on the bigs. Yeah, I agree with Ernest Uday. I he's been playing decently well uh, in the backstretch of the season. Yeah, I, I don't really get why he doesn't play there. Um, KJ was he was okay. Um, I still like him a lot with this team because I think this team does play best when they're kind of playing fluid, fast basketball, and I think he does that really well for the most part. But certainly having kind of that thunder in Ernest Uday to KJ Adams lightning um, is a really nice counterpunch. And yeah, I don't, I don't know why they didn't have it in this game. Uh, it just makes no sense. Nick, we can be forever done with the, is Bill going to rest players, right? We, we should have said that before, but he, he the answer is no. I, for one, love that Zach Clements got the same amount of minutes as, as Ernest Uday did. Oh, yeah, geez, that was my favorite part too. That. No sarcasm for uh, did you know? Do you know that uh, Zach Clements had uh, almost one foul per minute, and he played four minutes? So that's a lot of fouls in a short amount that's of time. That's really bad. <laughs> Let's talk about the three-point shooting because speaking of bad, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. Uh, four straight. Actually, that's not true. They shot the ball well against West Virginia. Three of the last four games, they've been under thirty-two percent on their threes. Uh, they've been big-time offensive stinkers against TCU last time out against uh, Texas Tech, and then obviously here. They haven't scored more than uh, 65 points or 67, whatever it was, in those three games. Uh, are we concerned about this? Is the offense taking a unsettling nosedive heading into March? Uh, yeah, I think so a little bit. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the the NCAA tournament is the, you got to be able to make threes. It was why this last year's team won because they had Abaji, Remy Martin came on, uh, Christian Brown. This team does is not shooting threes right now. I feel like they're they're starting to regress towards. They might have peaked earlier on with their shooting, but man, shooting's so fluky, especially for college athletes. So I give it a week of rest, and maybe I don't know. Big Twelve tournament, maybe they're shooting forty percent in their first game back. Who knows? 
Well, I will say there is very little to look for to, to dread coming up because we're entering the NCAA tournament and KU always shoots the daylight out of the basketball in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> say, Ryan, a neon sign started flashing in front of me that just said VCU, <laughs> and I don't know why why that is. Oh, that was that was the worst. I think that's probably the worst game ever, if I'm remembering that. That game made me so uh, sad. USC. No, oh, okay. VCU that that the different scale, but and also different. Wh- whatever you constitutes as bad in your brain, it could be either one. It absolutely could. Losing this by is, thirty-seven is pretty bad. This is the biggest. <laughs> they really did. There is a screenshot on my iPad saved of Evan Mobley dunking on Mitch Lightfoot and Bill <laughs> Self just looking at Mitch like, "Huh, I can't believe he didn't stop him. What the heck's going on out there?" Well, well Mitch and, Mitch just didn't just didn't play very well. Yeah, Bill, he was playing against a lottery pick. <laughs> and then Mitch came back the next year and was and heroic was in good. the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, he was better. The best analysis that I can offer you about this game is is the offense going in the toilet? That's really the one question we can take away from this game. I think getting away from these great defenses in the Big 12 will do them a lot of good. These are teams that know each other so well. When you get to the NCAA tournament, somebody's got to prepare for you in two days with these quick turnarounds. It's not going to be that. like The way that teams are guarding Grady Dick while also uh, shutting down the paint with Jalen Wilson, I don't have a lot of confidence in teams being able to do that as well against a Bill Self offense as these Big 12 teams have. But yeah, the offense isn't playing very well. That, that's, that is a problem. Grady Dick isn't shooting the ball as much as he should be. Jalen Wilson Wilson hasn't been as efficient as he was earlier in the year, and they're not getting that scoring from guys like Kevin McCuller and Ernest Uday and KJ Adams that they're counting on. Uh, Dewan Harris has been been a good scorer. He wasn't in this game, and you didn't get out of the 60s. I think that tells you you need at least three guys that are that are scoring to get there. And in this game, KU only had one. Well, I think all of the offensive woes discussions start with Grady Dick. Uh, Landon, why don't you tell us about his stats here? Because I think. If there's one key to getting the offense turned back around, it's going to start with number four. Yeah, he would certainly be a catalyst to uh, to Kansas offense getting better. Grady Dick, he played 28 minutes, but he took just five shots, posting six points on two of five from the floor. All of those five shots were threes. Just like KJ Adams, uh, Dick only had two rebounds, zero of anything else. Uh, and he finished his conference play with a three-point rate of 36%. But as we talked about, on the last show, in the last now 14 games, he is shooting just over what, like 31% now? <laughs> Bill Self I'm said sorry, after the game. No, it's fine. I mean, the word Viagra in purple and large is kind of funny. <laughs> I wonder who did uh, that. It, it couldn't be Mr. Hey, guys, I don't want any nonsense. You have to go back and beep this. I want to get a good job. Couldn't be that guy. Bill you? Self uh, did agree with us, by the way, <laughs> saying that Grady Dick. Um, who usually does not need Viagra, I would imagine, uh, does need to get going on the court as well as off of it, according to Nick. Yep. <laughs> That's the show after that, because yikes. Um, yeah, they got to get Grady Dick going. He is the he is the answer, and I have a I have confidence in Grady Dick playing better in the tournament because I think that the defenses he's going against are going to be. Uh, I don't know if the word is softer because teams aren't going to stop paying attention to him 
but they're not going to have the athletic personnel that these Big 12... The Big 12 is the best defensive conference in the country, and it's really not close. I have a hard time believing a 16 seed is going to offer much resistance to Grady Dick. And then once you get in... I mean, last year, KU shot the ball better whenever the tournament started, and I think part of it is getting away from these defenses. Nick, th- you have to agree that getting Grady Dick going is where it starts, right? Like that... <laughs> oh, <laughs> didn't expect that, but I guess whenever you do Just a podcast awful. with Nick... You got to expect some minefields in the notes. Uh, Nick, you got to agree that getting Grady Dick going is the answer, but how confident are you that that's going to happen? I mean, we've seen what he can do earlier this season. My biggest concern isn't him getting back to where he was midseason form, earlier season form, where he was making, you know, six of seven at a time and getting 20 points in the first 20 minutes of game. I'm not concerned that that's not going to happen again, but this consistency in this drought has shown you that. You've got to be concerned, especially in a late tournament run where you're trying to win six consecutive games in a row to win a national title. Uh, he, at this indi- in this indication of what we're looking at now, he's not going to be a, an effective scorer in all six of those games, or even maybe five of those for that matter. That's so, very true, yeah. I think that's the most concerning thing looking at this. I'm not concerned. I think Grady Dick, heck, I think on Thursday he could go out and score 21 points and make five threes. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But at the same time, I think that this team's tournament loss is probably going to revolve around him or Jalen Wilson not scoring the ball or, or this team, like kind of like tech, this Texas game where they just didn't find a way to put it in the basket. Yeah, I think that if in a, if you're going to lose by 16, Grady Dick's got to shoot more than five times. Like the, Grady Dick just needs to launch. He didn't take a shot in the first half, or he may have taken one. I think he took one three in the first half uh, and then really didn't start shooting until they were pretty much out of the game. So... He, they, they, I would have liked to have seen them use the second half just to let Grady Dick shoot threes and hopefully let him shoot his way out of a slump. But I agree with you, Nick. I think he's going to have a much better performance in the Big 12 tournament uh, just because, I mean, he seems like a streaky enough player where why not bet on him getting hot at this moment? It could be good. Okay, Nick, go ahead and tell us about the bench because if there's something that could rival the offense for what is the biggest problem with this team right now, the bench could give it a run for its money. Yeah, in a game where the league was wrapped up and Bill Self surely wanted to get some of those players and is reserved some minutes, you know, because fans are always like, these guys need to get some run. Yeah, They were so bad, he, they really couldn't. Joe Yesfu did score five points, and every time he touched the ball, I think he shot a three. He launched <laughs> six shots in the first 12 Very minutes. Charlie or in Moore-esque. his 12 minutes. Yeah. Only making one of his five threes because Charlie Moore. Uh, Bobby Pettiford, who I'm still not sure – what he can do or contribute to the team had no stats beside a turnover and a foul in six minutes. But people remember guys, he's being anointed as the next Frank Mason, just because <laughs> he has that bulldog mentality. Um, Ernest Goudet and MJ Rice, MJ Rice did nothing. Surprise, surprise. Um, Zach Clements got the same amount of run as Ernest Uday, and he made a basket, but fouled three times in four minutes. Very Mitch Lightfoot-esque, uh, freshman Mitch Lightfoot-esque. All that was bad. I'm running out of steam with Joe Yesifu, and Joe Yesifu is easily the best of any of those players in this game, Land, and that's a depressing thing to say. Yeah, you're right, is the thing that is true. Uh, and he's not that good. So, yeah, I don't really know where we stand with the bench. We're at a point now where there is not really going to be help coming unless Ernest Uday just turns into truly Udoka 2. I really liked Bobby Pettiford at the start of the year because I thought Bobby Pettiford's secondary set of skills was good enough where he would look to score a little bit. I thought he would be kind of like the Juan Harris. I thought he would give him nice pass. He's a good passer. 
but I thought he'd look to score about five, six points a game. I thought he'd take a three every now and then, which he never looks to shoot the ball. But he really seems to turn the ball over more than he contributes good plays. Joe Yesifu should not be the first guard off of a title contender's bench at his current state, but here we are. And, I mean, he does have the ability to put the ball in the basket unlike any of these other guys. MJ Rice just hasn't been there all year. I don't know if he ever had really a chance with all of his injuries all season long, but that's the one that you want back. MJ Rice is the one that if he turns into just a competent reserve, you have a lot higher of a ceiling. They don't, and it's killing them. Uh, I think we just kind of have to accept the fact that they're going to play their starting five. Ernest Uday is going to get some minutes in most nights off the bench, and you hope Joe Yesifu can give you two baskets. That's pretty much all you're getting out of the bench. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, at this point, there's not much more you can reasonably expect. Nick asks, is MJ Rice Quentin Grimes all over again? Quentin Grimes looks like Steph Curry compared to MJ Rice right now. Quentin mm-hmm. Grimes wasn't Quentin Grimes wasn't going to win yet any Big 12 Player of the Year awards or anything, but he was a starter on a four seed that averaged as a freshman about eight points and shot 34% on threes. Can you even imagine how much better Kansas would be if MJ Rice could give them eight, could knock down one out of every three threes and give them eight points a game? I would kill for that right now. Yeah, I mean, that would be huge. Yeah, MJ Rice, that's the thing with Quentin Grimes. He was frustrating because his talent was really high, and you'd see flashes of him being really good and then flashes of him not. Uh, MJ Rice, we've seen almost nothing other than a game against Texas Southern. Yep. Yeah, that's that's it. And we're going based off of he was a McDonald's All-American. That's it. Right. All right, let's talk about Texas. Uh, why does Serge Jabari Rice come off the bench? That that may be why we're that's I'm most I'm sad. Saying. I watched Serge Jabari Rice come off the bench and score 21, and Bill looks at his bench, and all he's got is Zach Clements and Joe Yesifu. Yeah, sometimes you just get you just get a weird rhythm of a team. Um, I don't know I don't know why that is, but he's he's. Why there, did Remy Martin Sifu. come off the bench? Well, that was yeah. I also didn't really agree with that either. Uh, let's see. Um, I, I'm trying to. Oh, okay. I'm waiting for Landon to. Uh, everybody's just focused on putting minefields in the notes, just like Ku. Oh, geez. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's wow. That that's the first time that somebody posted something good in the notes for once. Normally, it's minefields of Jesse Newell's warped face, and instead we got something that's very different here. Very nice. Um. All right. Let's talk about something that will uh will ruin any positive that that image that you posted might do which is how the point guards weren't very good the streak of kansas being undefeated when dewan harris scored us at least three points is over i know that's really sad um however he didn't play terrible in this game Uh, he didn't shoot the ball well just two for 12 from three that's five points uh, all in the first half. But Harris did have seven assists to zero turnovers and three steals in 37 minutes. My opinion on Harris in this game was the ball didn't go in the basket, but the shots he took were fine. And I didn't think he played poorly other than the shots just didn't go in. Yeah, I actually thought Dewan Harris played pretty well for the most part. And yeah, he just could not make shots, which is still going to happen occasionally for Dewan Harris, even though he has been better at that this season. I'm trying to find what DeWan Harris averaged in conference play because I'm willing to bet that he averaged about 10 points a game and we think that he should have been in contention for one of the All-Big 12 teams. In conference play this year, DeWan Harris averaged 9 points, 6 assists, 
uh, less than two turnovers, and shot 47% on threes. That is a great season for him. And next year, uh, I think it's realistic to think he should be able to eclipse double-digit scoring uh, per game. I think it should be the, the, the bar for next year. The only other player we haven't talked about, Kevin McCuller, 8.6 rebounds, four turnovers, 33 minutes. He was three for eight in 33 minutes. Really not a whole lot to say here. Uh, he also was the recipient of one of the worst charge calls of the season when one of the refs did their thing. We don't have any notes in here about the refs, but uh, does somebody want to point out how bad they are? Hey, look <laughs> over there. They were bad. Yeah, they were wow. bad. I mean, that's pretty normal, but they, they weren't good. They were really bad. And I'm tired of the charges. I'm so tired of the charges and everybody on Twitter being like, I'm also tired charge? of the made-up-on-the-spot call. Uh, KU shot 36% from the floor, 32% from three, and 67% at the line. They were minus three on the glass. They were out-rebounded for a third game in a row, which uh, is not ideal at all. And uh, at this point, we don't have really uh, we don't have really a whole lot else to say about this game. What do you think? What, what, what do we think? Um, yeah, I don't know what to think. The run of Kansas struggling on offense and Jalen Wilson not shooting the ball super well. This is still about as well as he shot it early in the season. Um, Grady Dick not shooting it as well. That's worrying. This loss individually I'm not overly concerned about, but certainly there are some trends that are worrying as we get toward the end of the year. Nick, what are your thoughts on this game? They lost the stinker. It's just their second loss in their last 10 games. Snaps a seven-game winning streak. Uh, but at the end of the day, they are still outright Big 12 champions, and they now turn a new page and start a blank slate with a conference tournament that they've been really good at over the years. Uh, where's your concern meter Scale of 0 to 10, how concerned are you? I probably, depends on what we're talking about overall, I would probably say a 4, but right. uh, I'm not going to be one of those Kansas fans that thinks the sky is falling after they just lost their first game in eight, 8 tries, so um, yeah. I think I'm at uh, two. Ask me again after the Big Twelve tournament. They're they're gonna they they have their blemishes, but every team does. Every team does. Houston almost lost to Memphis today. Alabama lost this weekend. Purdue's lost three of their last six. And those are the other teams that were saying it's them and Kansas for the best chance. At the end of the day, they have the best coach in college basketball. They have a roster filled with guys who have been there before, and they are the outright champion of the best conference that my eyes have ever seen in college basketball. They are going to be just fine. Final Big 12 games. There's five games left to recap. Actually, four because we just recapped one. And let's start with one of the biggest upsets of the whole conference slate. Iowa State 73, number 7, Baylor 58. Hey, Nick, what did I text you about a, a particular line that I loved right before this game tipped off? You loved to take Baylor minus 7. Ryan bets oh, spreads yeah. really stupidly. And uh, Ryan, uh, it worked out great for you. You made $100 off of that wager. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is so easy. Iowa State, they don't have Caleb Grill. They're in shambles. Baylor's getting hot at the right time. Iowa State doesn't have the horses to keep up. And... That's why Big 12 basketball is just weird. The Cyclones ended their four-game slide by shooting 54% to just 36% for Baylor, the worst offensive performance of the year for the Bears, as Iowa State controlled this contest from start to finish. Jaron Holmes led the way with 16 points. 
Baylor's defense is awful, but their offense was bad in this game. They missed a ton of free throws and turned it over 14 times. The preseason Big 12 champions lost seven games in league play. They opened the year poor. They ended the year poor. And if I got one thing right in conference play, because we're going to get to the things I didn't get right, uh, but I did say that Baylor has had such good luck in close games the last few years. Even though you got the better coached you are, the better you're going to fare in close games. There's still a little bit degree of luck in these games that are decided by five or fewer points. Baylor had been so good in each of the last three seasons. I said, I wouldn't surprise me if a four-loss team turns into a six-loss team because it could swing back to regress a little bit. And I was pretty close. They finished with seven losses. All right, let's talk about somebody who definitely did not regress. West Virginia, 89, number 11, Kansas State, 81. Landon, you do the talking, and I'll do the drop playing for the song. Oh, well, look at that. West Virginia, uh, they got a strong close to the year. Uh, they won at Iowa State, then beat K-State this week to all but secure an NCAA bid. Eric Stevenson led the way with 27 points on his senior day. K-State saw both Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel score 24 each, but the defense let them down. They finished third place in the, the season in the Big 12, and they were picked to finish last. Uh, whoever the Big 12 voters are between uh, TCU picked to finish like 7th or whatever it was in football, K-State picked to finish 10th in basketball. Um, clearly, we're sleeping on some people out here. And the team that, yep. uh, that Ryan picked to finish 3rd but actually oh. finished last... Ryan, go ahead and read this score line. I appreciate how you at least let me read the score because that's all I got at this point. Oklahoma, 74, number 22, TCU, 60. Go for it, Nick. Kick me when Oklahoma opened this game on a 17-2 run after it and absolutely never looked back. Tanner Groves uh, went for off for 23 points and 10 rebounds in this uh, round of 32 loss to Kansas for Eastern Washington. Oh, wait, no, sorry. This is Oklahoma and TCU. TCU finished 9-9 nine and nine in a season. They won at both Baylor and Kansas. Uh, where do you assess them heading into the NCAA tournament? Are they a threat in the NCAA tournament, Big 12 tournament? What does it look like for the Horned Frogs? Very, probably, I would say, disappointing season compared to the expectations. What do you, what do you guys say? Well, especially when you start it the way they did. They opened the season 2-0, and and they won a big game at Baylor, and then they won at Kansas early on. Injuries were a part of it, but this team had way too much talent to lose nine games. I think they're dangerous, and they're going to be like a five seed in the NCAA tournament. I definitely wouldn't want to see them in my bracket if I was a one seed as a potential Sweet 16 opponent, but their inability to make threes is going to be what what dooms them. Uh, I think they're good, and I think they're well coached, but there's, there's a lot of... Just, they can't shoot the ball. They lost so many games this year by not being able to do that, Landon. I have a feeling that's probably similar to what you would say. Yeah, I mean, you got to be able to shoot threes, much like Nick was saying about Kansas, to really expect to win games in March or be utterly dominant somewhere else on the floor. And TCU, well, good and dangerous, um, not utterly dominant elsewhere on the floor. So, yeah, they are a matchup I would not want to see if I was a one seed or a four seed or whoever. But certainly, yeah, I, I, I do agree. Like, even with the injury, nine losses is is got to be a little disappointing for Horned Frog fans. 
And as for Oklahoma, Nick loves to throw stones at the dumbass Ryan said, oh, you would finish fourth in the Big 12 cloud. Well, Nick picked him to finish fifth. So I may be a big dumbass, but you're right there behind me, sir, which is exactly what we are on this podcast. You didn't expect intelligence or reason, did you? Oklahoma State, 71. Texas Tech, 68. The Cowboys led for most of the night, trailed by two, or trailed with two minutes left, but then Mr. Caleb Barry hit a big three, in case you didn't hear the drop, uh, Caleb Ass. Barry. And uh, Moussa Cisse had dunks on consecutive possessions to snap the team's five-game losing streak. The leading score for the Cowboys was Ass. Barry. Texas Tech ends the year on a three-game losing streak. They also lost their coach, who got suspended for making an insensitive remark in practice and also maybe spitting on a player. Just, man, Texas, Texas Tech needs to hire one normal coach. And I feel like that's not going to happen. That's weird, right? And I'm not here to get into the how racist or wrong was it that he said. You, you can't, when you're the, the head coach no, in a basketball yeah, you gotta team. you got to have a better presence yep, than that. Can't do that. Just There's certain things you just shouldn't compare basketball to. And uh, what he compared it to is one of those things. Don't know who Texas Tech's going to have coaching their team in the Big 12 tournament. But in case you didn't think it was going to be a short stay already, well, good luck. All right, let's do the final Big 12 standings. Number one and outright first place is Kansas. They win the league with a 13-5 win-loss record. In second place, all alone in second place, is Texas at 12-6 despite having their coach fired mid-year. In third place, Kansas State. To finish last, they finished 11-7. Tied for them, but in fourth place per seeds because they got swept by the Wildcats is Baylor the preseason champs of the conference finished fourth at 11 and seven. Iowa State, not a lot of expectations this year, but they finish in fifth at nine and nine. In sixth, TCU finished nine and nine as well. Seventh place is Oklahoma State, likely securing their NCAA bid. There has never been an eight-win Big 12 team in the current format that failed to make the NCAA tournament. They may have punched their ticket with an eight and ten record. In eighth place, trying to do the same, West Virginia. They are seven and eleven. And in ninth place, Texas Tech is 5-13, and and they don't have a head coach right now. Nick did a good job with Texas Tech. He said that they would be the most disappointing team in the Big 12, and I think that's, I mean, depending on what you want to do with Oklahoma, that's pretty accurate. But all by themselves, potentially the, or not by themselves, they actually moved into a tie. Good for you, because... Finish last. They are 5-13. and the two Oklahoma schools, West Virginia and Texas Tech, really is starting to become the annual Wednesday night invitational at the Big 12 tournament because it's always those four teams, it feels like, and that's who we're getting this year. All right, let's blow the air horn and let's all put on our uh, fancy suits. Landon, don't come on the stage and hit me, please, because it's time for the Big 12 Award Show. This is always a really exciting time of year. <laughs> the coaches' awards are out. And uh, as oh, what Nick is filling in the notes is very funny, but it will not get repeated on the air. All right, let's talk about who is your Big 12 Player of the Year. Are you going to go with what the coaches said, or are you going to go some, some other place? No, I think it has to be Jalen Wilson. Yes, Jalen Wilson won this award in uh, the real the real awards that came out. I was the only one of the three of us that said that at the beginning of the year, and I ended up looking like a genius. He is our Big 12 Player of the Year. 
Uh, 12th Jayhawk to win Big 12 Player of the Year. How many can you name? Go. Uh, Frank Mason, Ochai Abaji, yes. mm -hmm. Devontae Graham. Yep. Uh, Sharon Collins? Oh, wow. Nope. Not many then. Wow. Perry that's Ellis. That's, that's all you can do. No, Buddy Heald stole Perry oh, Ellis' awards every year. It was very sad. Yeah, I generally can't name anymore. Wow, I'm really surprised. Udoka? You can't name these. Yes, that is correct. Uh, here is your list. Jalen Wilson, Ochai Abaji, Udoka Azabuke, Devontae Graham, Frank Mason, Thomas Robinson, Marcus Morris, Wayne Simeon, Nick Collison, Drew Gooden, and Rafe LaFrance. That is your list. Well, there you go, then. There you go. Nick, who is the freshman of the year in your eyes in the Big 12? I think it's clearly uh, Keontae uh, George from Baylor. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we thought it was a three-horse race at the start of the year. We all picked a different uh, different piece here. Nick went with Grady Dick, who I think finished a second. I went with, uh, with Mitchell down there in Texas. He was the highest-ranked recruit and uh, ultimately put up pretty good numbers. Landon, you got this right. You said Keontae George was your freshman of the year, and you ended up being correct. I think that's that. That's who the coaches went with. Who is your coach of the year in the Big 12? I think most years it's a total toss-up, but I think this year it's pretty easy. Drum Tang. Yeah, it's, yes. it's got to be Tang. Feeling the Tang. Bill, yes, Bill Self should get some props for what he's done with his team, but Jerome Tang took the last place projected team and they finished top three that is an amazing job by him uh jamie dixon was who all of us thought it was going to be landon went with bill self nick and i went with jamie dixon it, he has an argument if he had you know not totally sucked with uh, all the talent he has all right let's talk about most improved player who do you guys tab as your most improved player in this conference uh damian ball or kj adams yeah. Probably, yeah, yep. probably KJ Adams. I will give Landon's preseason call of Bryce Thompson a nice uh, a nice round of applause because he did improve quite a bit. He was a good player in Big 12 play. Uh, Nick has questioned if he should be on the All-Big 12 team. Not ready to go that far, but still, I, I think that's probably pretty fair. All right, let's go to team awards. Who's your most surprising team? I think it's pretty obvious, but I'll, I'll let you. The floor is yours if you, if you want to take a different stand. Nick, Kansas State. Yep. Yeah, pretty easy whenever you're picked last and finish third. And the contrary to that award, who's the most disappointing team in the conference this year? Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Really? I think that uh, that uh, TCU has an argument, and I also think that uh, uh, Oklahoma really should be in there as well. Oklahoma finished last with all that talent. I think Oklahoma's more disappointing than Texas Tech. No, Oklahoma, I knew Oklahoma was going to be bad. It was not hard to think Oklahoma was going to be bad. I mean, it wasn't you hard really, to think Texas. I really always thought Oklahoma was going to suck cheeks this season. They, but why, they you, never. Cause they don't have anyone on their team other than Grant Sherfield. The Grove do you brothers think that aren't Oklahoma's good. roster is worse than Texas Tech's? Because I don't. It's equal or worse. I mean, AMAC didn't play most of the season for Texas Tech, which hurt them. But I think Texas Tech's roster is definitely better. I mean that that is a big piece, but they both finished with the same record, so I guess it's if true. You think it's, that, it's that would about make equal. Tech I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. That's fair. Uh, who is your? I, I, you know who all three of us said would be the most surprising team in the preseason poll? We all said Oklahoma. Hey, 
We did. So, you know how you got to hear that beautiful Curb Your Enthusiasm music at the start? Well, here it is again. We all said the Sooners would be the most surprising team. I mean, surprising in a bad place. way. Uh, yeah, that's totally what we meant. Absolutely that's what, what we meant. That's what I meant. I told you Oklahoma wasn't going to be very good. Yeah, yeah, that's we knew what we were doing. All right, let's hear it. You're all Big 12 team. Landon, give me five names that uh, that make up this team in your mind. Um, I, I let me look again at what the coaches had because I think that's pretty accurate. Okay, I'll go. Yeah, uh, the coaches had pretty much everything I had. So they had uh, obviously Jalen Wilson. They had uh, Adam Flagler, Baylor. Uh, they also had uh, Marquise Noel, uh, which is what I had. And they also had Marcus Carr. They also added, confusingly, added another K-State player to the list. I don't know why they put George and Noel on there, but I would replace George, or uh, not George, uh, Keontae Johnson uh, with um, Mike Miles. Sorry. Okay. that's that's I'm totally good with that. Miles was hurt, which hurt. But I think that Wilson, Flagler, and, um, and uh, Keontae Johnson are locks. I think that those yeah. are the three best players in the conference this year. I personally would have put Noel on my second team. I would have. I think that Mike Miles is a better player than Marquise Noel. I also think that Eric Stevenson had a better season than Marquise Noel. But not gonna, not gonna cry about it at all. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I, 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 I would have put Keontae George on there personally. I think he's one of the five best players in the Big Twelve. But I understand why, why they gave Noel the spot. Landon, what say you? Yeah, I, I would pretty much agree straight up and down with what the coaches ended up going with. Uh, you could definitely make an argument for Noel and Miles. I, I get with the Miles injury why Noel gets it. Eric Stevenson being on the third team is the biggest swing and miss by these guys. He had a definitely great too season. Low. Yes, way too low. Whenever you have Gabe Kalsher on the second team, that's just not right. Grady Dick wins uh, second team honors according to the uh, the coaches, and Kevin McCuller is on the third team. Dewan Harris left off all those teams, but did win Big 12 Defensive Player of you the see, Year. Ryan, I, I do have a piece of information, though, that the, the voters actually only watched Gabe Kalsher play against Kansas. So oh, I was actually surprised well, then, he didn't get they, first team. I was going to say, they got it wrong. He should have been the player of the year then, based on every time that happens. Uh, we didn't talk about, I didn't put this on our list, but who would you give defensive player of the year in the conference to? Because I think it's between two Kansas players. I would go on color. Yep. Yeah, see, they gave it to DeWan Harris. What, we, you're fine with it being, you had a feeling it'd be one of them. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Harris is pretty deserving. All right, now it's time for a very important, as I pause the, the lovely Oscars music, it's time for the music that's going to give you all that PTSD when you hear it. Now, Tanner Groves is the easy one, but he really didn't hurt Kansas too bad this year. Nick has nominated somebody that I don't think is eligible for this award for two reasons. One, because he plays for Kansas, and the other, that I'm not going to say on the air because I'm not Mark Adams. Uh, who would you guys give white guy of the year to? What do you think, Who Nick? hurt Kansas uh, the most? Grady Dick. I think that Eric Stevenson has a case. It's I think um, it's I'm Stevenson. Who are Maybe the Caleb Grill because he hit a lot of threes yeah. and then got kicked off his own team. He, yeah, we still really don't have any context about why that is. Um, I'm looking at KU's schedule here, uh, trying to find potential nominees. Santiago Vescovi of Tennessee was annoying, but I don't think he's really white. So that may disqualify um, him. I think he, I mean, he's 
he's pale skinned. I believe he's. And that, he was he was freaking annoying. Uh, I, I Baylor has a guy that that looks like he's just gonna give Kansas a, a holy effing terrors, and he never actually shot the three. But I, I thought Brock Cunningham would do more damage. And obviously, uh, uh, Tanner Groves didn't end up doing much. So, yeah, I think we have to go with Eric Stevenson. Congratulations, Eric. Come on all up and collect your hardware. And based on what Nick is saying that trophy looks like, I'm not sure if you want any part of it, but it's here for you if you do. All right, now it's time for a very uh, a very prestigious award. Our is a boo. of the year. Who do you guys give that award to? Remember, the trophy is a big tit. Chris Beard. Chris Beard. <laughs> you know, Chris Beard probably could win this next award too, which is the Bruce Weber. Well, he's gonna get fired award. Chris Beard did get fired. Um, I don't think any of the Big Twelve coaches. Well, this morning I would have told you none of these guys are getting fired, but now <laughs> I think Adams. there might be. Now Mark Adams might be kind of on the hot seat. I think that that's fair though. We'll give Chris Beard the the Boob of the Year award, and he could Boob is putting it lightly. He he could get a lot worse awards. And yeah, Mark Adams for whatever the heck went on. That's just very strange. Also, so that wraps up as we uh, put the music back on here. Um, Landon, would you like to read Nick's four Final Four teams at the beginning of the year? Because there's there's one on here that I really think we need to point out. Uh, Nick's Final Four teams? Yeah. Uh, Nick had Kentucky, UNC, Arkansas, and Houston in the Final Four preseason. Three of those are are fine. Kentucky, Arkansas, and Houston are fine. But whoa, wait a minute. Who's that fourth one? Arkansas is not any good. Not really. <laughs> they have a better chance than UNC. <laughs> Ryan had Kansas, UNC, though. God, we're going to talk about other games. Um, and friggin' Hubert Davis's final possession against Duke. I don't know how to call a basketball play. If you gave me the, the clipboard and asked me to draw one up, it would not look good, but it would not be worse than what Hubert Davis drew <laughs> in the final seconds of that. I, I game feel like your team Duke. would get a shot off. Yeah, which Hubert Davis's did not. And uh, Hubert Davis got swept by John Shire. Can we give him? Well, he's getting fired, that award, even though he's not in the Big 12, because that ain't lasting much longer. You wouldn't think so. Yeah, he, he feels deserving. All right, that's our Big 12 award show. Hope you enjoyed it. Look at us all giving Chris Beard boob of the year before the season started. We knew. We knew. We did. Oh, the music's still going. No one's going to come up and hit the host in the face this year? Awesome. We made it through another year. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, now it's just going to start playing generic oh. rock music in my... All right. Get you go, Bill Oscar's Self's music. name out your MF and mouth. <laughs> the whack. Man, somebody... Nick's pretty good with uh, with video editing. Maybe we can get him to, like, put Chris Beard's face on Chris Rock and then have uh, Will Bill Self Smith come up and smack him right in the face. Oh, uh, you know, that probably wouldn't be smart with Chris Beard because, you know, maybe we could pick somebody else. Mm. Oh, mm. No. Uh. Thank you for listening to the final edition of the Inside the Paint podcast. <laughs> final. I'm your shameful host. <laughs> Other games. Let's do this. Uh, Nick, you need something to read, so read us off because I know you love Houston. Yeah, uh... In the ACC, and I'm joking, uh, number one, Houston finished 17-1 in Amer American athletic play. They took down the Memphis 
Tigers 67 to 65 at the buzzer on a push off and jumper by Jamal Sheed. Uh, the Cougars are now the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament on most bracket sites heading into Champ Week. Uh, what does Kansas have to do to surpass them? Uh, I don't. I don't think anything outside of them winning the Big 12 tournament will give them the number one overall seed. Landon, who gets the number one overall seed if Houston wins their tournament? And Kansas wins two games and loses to Texas on Saturday night. This is the wrong answer, but it is going to be Houston. Okay, who wins the? Who gets the number one overall seed if Houston loses its championship game and Kansas loses its championship game? That becomes more of a debate, I would imagine. Although, if Houston's still leading, I don't know. It, it really who depends cares, on how those though? games go. It doesn't. It does objectively does not matter. Because Kansas is going to take the Midwest regardless if they're the one or the two number one number one seed. It what matters and what people should be talking about is whether Alabama will have a higher seed than Kansas. Kansas might be the third number one seed. Then you're talking about a problem where Alabama would theoretically or Houston, whichever one of those was the two number one seed, would take the Kansas City Midwest region um, and go play there. And Kansas would be forced to be relegated out to Las Vegas or Madison Square Garden. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you think that Houston would take Louisville if it was there before Kansas City? Well, Houston's going to be the number one or number two overall seed. Alabama oh, so, is oh, the no, team. But, I, but if, if Houston's the number one overall, do you think they're taking Kansas City? No, they're taking the South. What makes you so sure on that? Kansas City's closer to Houston than Louisville, isn't it? By a lot. I don't know. I think Kansas has to pass Houston. And I think if Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament, they will get that. I think that if I think Kansas needs to go as far as Houston does in their respective conference tournaments. If Kansas loses its championship game and Houston wins theirs, Kansas isn't passing Houston. I do think that they like the difference between Kansas City and Louisville is minimal for Houston compared to Kansas. Maybe they incorporate that into it. I don't know. But Houston was this close to going down today, and they, they do play a Cracker Jack schedule, but they are still winning games. So, I mean, they, that's going to be what the eyes of the committee matters most. In the ACC, as we now went from that horrible conference to this one, we began Saturday with a three-way tie, but only two of those three teams won. In the end, number 16 Miami and number 13 Virginia finished as co-champions with 15 and 5 records. Miami beat Pitt at home and Virginia handled Louisville, shocking. Clemson finished third with the bronze medal. Uh in the SEC, or we talking oh, about yeah, Duke? We're talking about Duke. Duke uh, well, who we're cares doing about paragraphs, Duke? Though? Aren't we? Uh Duke won their 6th game in a row, beating North Carolina Big Whoop. In Chapel Hill, 62-57 to behind 22-13 and 13 from Kyle Filipowski. Hubert Davis's final offensive possession, as we covered, was quite atrocious. Are we done talking about Ooh. North Carolina in the tournament yet? Or is that over now? Can we well, stop? Nick, if, uh, you see, they if they win, win the next couple games, then then maybe they'll be back in it. Right. Well, if you yeah, get a no, girlfriend in the next the two ACC weeks, tournament. They, we can play hypotheticals all day. They have to win day. the ACC tournament. Uh, in order to get in, I think their their path is the same as Oklahoma's. They're out unless they win their conference tournament. Likely than Landon having. Um, in the oh, SEC, true. number twenty four Texas A and M finished their regular season with a takedown of number two Alabama, sixty seven to sixty one. 
uh, but it wasn't enough to catch them for a league title. <laughs> the Crimson Tide finished 16-2, and and the Aggies were one game behind at 15-3. and uh, Finishing third was number 20, Kentucky, 23, Kentucky, who swept Arkansas by winning in Fayetteville. Missouri finished fourth at 11-7. and A very important note about Missouri, who is our heroes now. We are Missouri. Because they had an amazing game situation where they were tied 69 to 69 with 420 left in the game. How wow. amazing is that? Miracles they they stop the clock at 420 during 69 69, and the crowd just goes crazy. The student sector is like, yay! It was awesome. God bless, Tigers. In the Big East, number six, Marquette had a big early lead and hung on late to beat St. John's 96 94. To win the Big East by two games at 17-3, and three, number 19, Xavier beat Butler to take second. Creighton plays third. Number 14, UConn won at Villanova for their fifth straight win, and they finished fourth. UConn getting hot, maybe at the right time. Number 20, Providence got waxed by Seton Hall to finish in fifth. In the Pac-12, number 4, UCLA wound up winning the league a four-hole games, uh, beating eight Arizona 83-74 to to finish 18-2. and two. The Bruins have won 25 consecutive games at home. The Wildcats tied with USC for second place at 14-6, and, and Cal lost to Oregon State to finish the regular season 3-28, and uh, which is Lord. one game worse than Louisville at 4-27. and Congratulations, Louisville. You're not the worst Power 5 team in the country. I see what you did, Landon. You're not as stealthy as you think, but I will talk about that if you'd like me to. Darn. Soon. No, it, okay. In the Big Ten, Landon pasted in stuff about the ref sucking ass. But the Big Ten also sucks ass. So I guess that that fits. Number five, Purdue beat Illinois to end their season, finishing Big Ten play fifteen and five. They won the league by three full games. Number fifteen, Indiana beat Michigan in overtime on Trace Jackson Davis's senior day, which earned them a split of second place with Northwestern. Also, Iowa, who everyone was buzzing about all week. They lost by the, for the second time this year to Nebraska. 11 of 15 teams in the league won between 8 and 12 games. That is insane. It's another year of a lot of Big Ten teams in the tournament and very few of them making any noise. Yeah, approximately one to two of them are good. Yes, I think the answer is one. Also in the Missouri Valley, we got our first of a few. I think there was a total of three on Sunday that earned their trip to the big dance. Drake was the first to do so. They blew up Bradley to win Arch Madness and the MVC tournament title. Uh, Too bad Joe Yesfu wasn't a part of that, says Nick. Uh, And then Ryan (laughs) says he is glad that it's not Sister Jean. No, I said I'm glad it's not Sister Jean's old wrinkly ass. You did say that. It's got to get wrinkly from sitting in the bleachers watching basketball all the time. It's like she doesn't do anything else. The WCC tournament exists. What do you guys think of the bracket? Uh, It certainly doesn't favor Gonzaga or anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's designed almost exclusively to get Gonzaga and whoever the two seed is to play in the title game. And it works because most years it's Gonzaga and maybe someone else is decent before they get railed by Gonzaga in the title game. Well, this year, not exactly a fortune teller on this show, but I think that's going to happen again. Gonzaga is going to beat St. Mary's by 15 in the finals. uh, And we'll at least be able to say, 
with that we did it. In the COVID year, I remember Gonzaga waxing somebody in the championship game right before they shut the whole world down. So that's that was my last memory of that season. That and a horrible K-State team beating TCU and finishing the season as national champs, right? That's what we're recognizing about mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. Ranked teams to lose since the last show. A lot of high, high majors in this conference or in this list here. Number two, Alabama lost to Texas A&M. Number three, the Fighting Billiams. They Damn lost it, to Bill. Texas. Number seven, Baylor lost to Iowa State. Number eight, Zona went down in the desert to UCLA. Number 11, Kansas State. They lost to the Mountain Mamas of West Virginia. Number 12, Tennessee lost to Auburn. I feel like Tennessee's been on this list every show we've done recently. Number 20, Providence just de-pantsed by Seton Hall. Number 21, Maryland, lost to a good Penn State team, question mark? Kind of. They the Big turtled. Ten, they're, they're in the same list as all those other crappy, but not crappy, but not not crappy enough to go deep in the tournament, Big Ten teams. Another reptile, TCU lost to Oklahoma. Oh, that's my turn. I was thinking, are frogs reptiles? I don't know if frogs are reptiles. Aren't they amphibians? Let's see what a says. horned frog, I believe, is technically a reptile. Here are the searches. Are horned frogs poisonous, real, endangered, actually frogs, and then reptiles? Uh, let's see here. Often called horny toads or even horned frogs because of their wide, flattened bodies. They are not amphibians like other toads, but they are reptiles due to their scales, claws, and young that is produced on land and not in the water. Look at you, Nick. Add botanist to your resume. You knew that. Nice job. And number 25, Pittsburgh. Botanist. The study of flowers is why Nick got there. <laughs> Biologist. <laughs> Sorry. There. <laughs> There's a reason that I didn't. I was wrong about that. Number 25, Pittsburgh, somehow on this list, lost to Miami. And you know who else is and, on this show? Yeah, and you know who else is, should be added on this list? Number one, Landon, who's completely yes. fallen off the rails. Not anymore. He's not really? number one. You suck ass, Landon Lucas. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, that's the wrong one. You see, there's also one that goes, You suck ass, Landon Fields. The, the Lucas one almost sounds like it's not natural after pushing the Fields one so many times. <laughs> oh, and Nick, Nick added, oh, geez. I'm not going to read that on the air, but Nick Nick continues to just <laughs> kick dirt on Landon's grave for He added half of that. I added second part of that. Oh, Ryan. you did? Oh, that's funny. No, there are still 30 games left to pick, and... Uh, this is going to shock you, but Landon led all year in Pick'em and blew it at the very end. I think that's happened every year we've done this podcast. It's like Bill Self from the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, the best analogy we've had on the show. I can't believe that horned frogs aren't amphibians. Not that I'd spend any time thinking about it, but good job, Nick. That was, that was good. All right, ask RCBs. So I owe at KU Tweets and News one because last time we were so in-depth with Rock Chalk AJ's questions that I totally forgot to read KU Tweets and News. So we're going to start with him today. And he asks one that's really near and dear to my heart. I want an actual answer. If LeBron James, you may have heard of him, he's a basketball player, was on a roster with four Tyon Grant Fosters, would Kansas go 40-0? and 0? No, they would not. Uh, yeah, no. they would be undisputedly favored to win every game, but they would not go 40 for 40. They would lose at some point somewhere. I don't think that is true. I think they would win on it all and I go don't 40 think so. 
Your entire bench is Tyon Grant Fosters. Like the third, there's 12 Tyon Grant Fosters and LeBron James. That's and your roster. LeBron. The team photo would be hilarious. <laughs> they'd have Tyon Grant if, if they'd have the LeBron James isn't a senior. Tyon Grant Foster is. So all of the Tyon Grant Fosters would be seated with Bill Self in the front row, and LeBron James would be completely <laughs> by himself in the back. Uh, no, I think that team loses once. You're telling me there's not one L in there where LeBron James gets two fouls in the first half, and you know where no. he goes then. No, it, it no, because then he would just come back and score at will again. You don't think LeBron James with the college charge rule fouls out once? No, I don't actually. I think I think they're winning the championship in all likelihood, but I don't think they're going forty and zero. How how like how bad would I have to make the secondary pieces around LeBron James for you to say yes they lose once? What if it I go down to like a walk on? If it's if it's us, uh, then yes, <laughs> they lose a few because even LeBron what, can only do so much. What is Kansas's record if the only five players they have? So if someone fouls out, then they're playing with four. <laughs> Down the four. only five players they have are LeBron James, Clay Thompson, and the three of us. How many out of forty are they winning? Twenty. <laughs> do <laughs> you think we're losing half our games with those two on our team that's how bad we are on the flip side we're winning we're we're winning 20 games like bill self's 20 game winning streak would continue I, I i look forward to bill self on a team with only five players when clay gets two first half fouls opting to play with four guys instead of keeping clay out there for for the rest of the half is KU's next or is KU's top scorer next year on the roster right now? Great question. That is a good um, question. I'm going to say no because I think the leading scorer is going to be a wing, and I don't think any of their wings are coming back. I'm also going to say no, but the sleeper candidate is one Dewan Harris. I don't think Dewan Harris is leading you in scoring. I think he Isn't might it... go on an absolute, like, insane level of play next season. Is Nick protesting? Is Nick not answering? No, I'm not protesting. Questions? I'm not protesting. What do you think? Is Kansas's leading scorer next year on the active roster right now? Joe Yesfu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is the biggest a-hole? Bob Knight, Greg Marshall, or Chris Beard? Or, he adds, Mark Adams has been added as a fourth choice. It's Bob Knight, man. There was so. Do either of you watch the SB Nation YouTube series called Beef? No. So they've taken like Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens, or Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, like iconic rivalries of two two guys that just didn't get along. They did one about Bob Knight that just got released this weekend, and it is unbelievable what Bob Knight did and how they just the university didn't do anything because he was a good coach. Like, you guys have to look that up. Look up Bob Knight Beef on YouTube. It was just that. It's a little mini documentary. It's like 12 minutes long. The stuff that Bob Knight did would make Chris Beard look like he's got a one-way ticket straight to the table at, at heaven himself when he dies. Like, it, it's it's awful what Bob Knight did. But he was a good basketball coach, so they let a lot slide. It was the 80s. Wow, maybe I, maybe I will have to go check that out. Um, all right, now to the fun stuff. And the really pressing questions here, Nick, from at Alert Casey, turkey or ham at Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is reserved for turkey. You eat the ham on Christmas dinner. We do both a lot of the times. 
Uh, yes, I will eat. I will eat whatever. Uh, uh, ham is for Christmas, turkey's for Thanksgiving, but ham's the superior option. It At is. Rock Chalk AJ, not a question, but I would, <laughs> I would like to sincerely apologize to KU Tweets and News and the other listeners for my barrage of Ask RCBs on the last show. It was rude and inconsiderate and made these great hosts miss some great and well thought out questions. Never After apologize week, for art, AJ. After this week, I am going to take a step back from Ask RCV and really reflect on how my, and that'll be a drive in the left field to make it a 4 nothing ball game. No, it doesn't say that, but it should. It really That'd should. Be great. AJ I don't says, know if I'll be wearing this headset the... next season after AJ asked all these questions. <laughs> and you, you, I pride myself as a man of faith, and I don't know how to handle these questions. AJ adds, I don't know what the future holds for me, but I do know I will keep grinding and face this uncertainty head on. <laughs> and then AJ adds, also to Nick, that was a sorry ass apology <laughs> that you gave me on the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, AJ, uh, Picasso didn't apologize after painting his artwork. You shouldn't apologize for anything. You're a stud. Picasso has the same birthday as me. Really? Is that true? Does it? Does anybody share our birthdays? That'd be fun. Landon, what's your birthday? October second, uh, right? October second, yeah. Katy Perry people, also shares a birthday with me. People born on October second. Mahatma Gandhi. Look at you, Landon. That's a big one. I'll take that. That's that's okay. That's cool. Also, Sting and somebody named Diamond Platinums. P L A T N U M Z. Uh, is that a stripper? I believe it's a rapper, but you know. No, oh, that was my second guess. Ryan, what's your birthday? birthday with, uh, March 27th. I share a birthday with Mariah Carey and Fergie. I knew that. And I don't know very many of these other people. But, hey, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty good. Any athletes? Oh, Matt Harvey, who the Royals lit up in the World Series. Okay, that's the best I got. That's quite sad, but that's that's fine. At KC Sports Kingdom 1, what is on the menu throughout the day for the Thursday and Friday first day of the NCAA tournament? Not Sprint Center chicken tenders. That is correct. Landon, I heard you had some PTSD for that. Yeah, I went to uh, Winter Jam, the Christian music concert with the youth group that I help with, and uh, there was someone that got some chicken tenders and sat right in front of me, and I immediately oh. just had uh, crippling flashbacks to one one terrible night. Yep, Landon had a meeting with the the king the king of porcelain himself all night uh, because uh, the chicken tenders. Well, they they made an exit in a hurry, and you ate more than I did, so I had a little bit of problems, and you had more than I did, so you had more problems, and then we were fine by like noon the next day, and then we had to watch Kansas pull out of the Big Twelve tournament because of COVID. Yay us! Yeah, great two days. <laughs> uh, at Show Me Hawk, who is the best Kansas player to never make a Final Four in his career? Frank Mason the third. He was a National Player of the Year. You know, Kazabuki. Uh, he, he did, did make he one. Did make a, he did make one. You might have forgot or blocked he it. He didn't play in it, though, did they, he? Yeah, he did. No, he scored he did. the first basket, Nick. How could you forget Kansas being yes, Bill was, in that game? Bill was oh, trying to counter right. all the Villanova right. threes with Doak. I thought he was hurt for a second. I, that, yeah, I, I try, See, mentally, I tried to block that game out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, because Villanova, no, I'm not going to point on the doll and tell the therapist where it hurts thinking of all those memories. Um, <laughs> Ryan Archie Diakono definitely didn't do anything against Kansas. Oh, my gosh. And then Colin Gillespie hit threes in two different final fours against my favorite I've never team. even heard of Mikael Bridges or Jalen Brunson. <laughs> 
Jalen Brunson's at least a good NBA player. The rest of those guys, I haven't heard anything Bridges is from. a good NBA player, a really good NBA yeah, player. Yeah, Bridges, Bridges is pretty good. I always get him mixed up with the uh, Michigan State Bridges who got thrown oh, in jail for yes. hitting his girlfriend or something like that. Another one from AJ. Ryan will never understand, or Ryan will understand this question. Bill Self retires after winning the national title after this year. Who is your top pick to replace them? And is the correct answer Jerome Tang? He is underrated and has shown complete consistency in his one season as a head coach. Um, I would call. So here's my list, and I know Nick. I can I can see Nick eye twitching at the because he hates basketball questions. Um, I would call Jay Wright. I would call. I might call Mark Few. Honestly, I would call uh, Tony Bennett, and I would call uh, would Nate Oates, and I would make all of those three saying or all those four say no. And when they say no, I would look at the up and coming guys. I think you could do a lot worse than Jerome Tang. I don't know if Jerome Tang is going to be at K-State much longer. I would definitely call Wright and at least just make him laugh me off the phone. Coach I'd also Kennedy? call Billy Donovan. I'd call Billy Donovan and see if he wants a job. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad one either. Go for it, Landon. Uh, some questions. From at Alert Casey, if you could rewatch a movie or show for the first time again, what would it be? Probably The Office, right? Um movie would be either avengers endgame or infinity war or maybe like the original i don't know impractical um, jokers yeah impractical jokers never gets old but getting to see it for the first time again would be good at aj rock chalk aj who are the top five white guys of the game players that have hurt kansas oh geez uh now Broke this is finish. a we could go yeah that one hurt <laughs> Uh, Jerry McNamara is a slam dunk on this because of what he yep. did in a title game. Uh, Phil Forte probably made the most threes. Who was the I'm white guy on Stanford? Oh, um, was it? No, Nick it wasn't something. Stanford. No, you're thinking of uh, Wichita State. With Evan, Evan Wessel. Wessel. Yeah. Well, Stanford was... didn't make. Stanford didn't. Stanford make didn't any make threes. any threes. That's right. Yep. Uh, the Kings are lost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they sure did. Uh, Gillespie's on there. Brady Heslop's on there. Tanner Groves is definitely on there. That's an all-time for individual run. performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Sean McNeil. F bomb. Rock chalk plug. F bomb. Forcer. Phil Sean Forte. McNeil. Uh, yeah. And then there's Nathan Adrian, who sucked, but he turned into a great shooter against Kansas. Thanks for those memories. At Ohar Casey. Cut one, start one, bench one for the rest of your life. Movies, TV shows, and music. Ooh, I'm starting music, I'm benching TV shows, and I'm cutting movies. I'm cutting music, I am benching movies, what? and I'm starting TV shows. Wow, I'll that's cut both so TV shows and movies, who cares? As long as yeah, I have music. It's going to be Nick's answer. At music show is me Hawk. so overrated, but that's okay. Do you think the Big music 12 is... would add Duke... Oh, okay. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. What a bad take. Music is. I like music, music a lot, but it's way worse than movies and TV. No, that's not true. That's not true. Can you true. watch I a movie at the true. gym? Can you watch a movie yeah. in the car? Uh, I have, actually. Can, I did I did once. You can enjoy music <laughs> in more ways. At Show Me Hawk, do you think the Big 12 would add Duke and North Carolina in a power maneuver and force them to not suck? I would love to see that, but the ACC, unless it blows up, is never letting Duke and Carolina go. I would love that, but yeah, I would look agree. forward to seeing how Duke would still not play home and homes. <laughs> the schedule says you got to come to Kansas. No, 
And Coach K's uh, gone now. John Shire's a little bit more open to that. He is. He was scheduling at, uh, Arizona and Gonzaga, I think. Yeah, they good for Shire. From at Elliot Roosan H1, if each of you had to play a sport that wasn't basketball, what would it be? Who would you try to imitate uh, your game after? Also, would you try and play a sport that's popular and potentially not make it, or would you try and play a sport uh, where you could be a star and make more money, potentially overseas? Is bowling a sport? No. I, I no. think it counts for this, because you can make money and it's on ESPN sometimes. I don't think I, it's I average about 200 in bowling. I have bowled since I was like a 13-year-old. I have So that would be, if I had to pick one and not be bad at uh, if I could just be one to enjoy it, it's probably baseball because those guys get paid a ton of money to do nothing. Well, if I could just randomly pick a sport and be good and do it, it would be soccer. Um, soccer's the hardest sport. I don't know if I'm actually good enough at any particular one sport to try. You're pretty good at uh, running too far off second base in charity softball games and getting thrown out. I have done that more than one time. And as Nick said, uh, and uh, that's but at least to your credit, at least you finished that game. <laughs> well, I don't know what you guys are referencing. I've never stormed <laughs> off in protest before. I've if, never embarrassed um, myself. If one in person asks RCBs asks us to tell that story, I'll do it. But you got to ask for it. Oh, I gotta, it's gonna happen I gotta now that you brought it up. Um, for <laughs> me, I have at it. For me, stand by I'd want to be good at. For me, I want to be good at tennis. <laughs> Um, I'd love to be a professional. Nick tennis is player. good at tennis. You are um, good at tennis. The thing I wouldn't be good at, but I'd still love to do is golf. I love to be a professional golfer. Um, seems fun. I love golfing. I mean, people always dog on old people for retiring and going and sitting on a golf course all day, but that, that's the that's the place to be. That is the place to be after you've learned to play golf a little bit. So I would be a professional golfer. Final question here from Dick underscore Taser. Um, what is? Are we about to see the craziest non-shock tourney in history? No. Uh, uh, we I we say this every so. year. It's going to be wild. Last year was pretty darn wild. The first day of the 2015 tournament had like five overtime games. If you're looking for that level of wild, there's no way to predict it. If you're looking for the least chalky, so here's the way I'd assess it. I think the one seeds are a step above everybody else. Kansas, Houston, Alabama, Purdue. I think those are the four best teams. But the seeds that are like threes and fours, I mean, dang, who's a three right now? Tennessee? Do you trust anything Tennessee does against no. these spa these sparky little mid-majors? Like, I think you're going to see a lot more than usual upsets on that three, four, five, six line. Uh, but I think the ones and maybe some of the twos appear to be a pretty decent step ahead of everybody else. Also, I love the shade that Wayne threw in there. He said, warning, this is a basketball question for a hoops podcast. Love that. Love, love the, love the sass. Um, also says, uh, as I watch Drake smoke Bradley to dance, do you think Yesifu wishes he would have stayed at Drake? He can't be happy with how his KU career has panned out probably would have averaged 18 a game in the Valley. Uh, I think you're right. I think yes, he has a ring would take. He does have a ring, but man, I, we all had higher hopes for yes. I thought he'd be better than this. Yeah, I did too. I think we all predicted him to be like, I mean, we were talking about him being a starter or at least a very serious, uh, piece off the bench. Like, and yeah, he has done, uh, almost nothing. 
But as Nick said, he does have a national championship ring. I don't know. Would he rather have his his moment and average 18 a game for a team that doesn't win a tournament game? Or would he rather be a bench player that plays every now and then at Allen Fieldhouse on a national title? I'd love to know his answer deep down. You're never getting an honest answer from him because he's going to say, no, I'm happy with KU. But I would love to know what he really thinks. Good question. If you ever have Ask RCBs or you want to know the story we're referencing with Landon, use the Twitter hashtag AskRCB. Quiet, air horn, sorry. It's not an air horn unless I blow your eardrums out. Big 12 tournament preview. So we do not know who Kansas' next opponent is going to be. We know it will either be number 8, West Virginia, or number 9, Texas Tech. We've previewed both of these teams twice. We've previewed both of these teams within the last week. So go back and listen to that if you want to know a breakdown of the teams. I want to know you guys' pick. Give me your bracket. Let's start on Wednesday night. Uh, with this game, this is going to be the first game that tips off. These are your official pick'em predictions. Number eight, West Virginia against the number nine, Texas Tech. Who wins to start the tournament and therefore gets a date with Kansas? Uh, give me the Mountaineers. Texas Tech is falling off the rails. Give me West Virginia. Yeah, that's it. I was going to pick Texas Tech until this whole thing with their coach. They're on a tailspin. This, or they're, they're in a tailspin. They're not, they're, this just doesn't feel like the sort of atmosphere for them to start this winning streak. I agree, West Virginia wins. Uh, does it matter? If I ask you who you'd rather play, does it matter? I think Kansas would handle either one of these teams. Yeah, not particularly worried about it. And then the other game on Wednesday night between Bedlam schools, number seven, Oklahoma State against number 10, Oklahoma. You know what? Give me the Sooners. It's hard to beat a team three times in the same year. I say the Sooners pull the upset and move on to play second seed Texas. I actually agree. And you know I do because now I'm one game behind Ryan now. So Oklahoma State. All right, now let's move on to Thursday. So these uh, these are going to be your pick'em games, but then after that, we're gonna we're gonna stick with our bracket. Number four, Baylor against number five, Iowa State. Same game that just took place the other day. This time, I think Baylor wins, and I'm gonna try my blowout prediction again. Bears big. Yeah, I don't think Iowa State's getting Baylor three times in a year. Yeah. Number one, Kansas against whoever they play. We all want the Jayhawks, right? Yes. Yeah. Number two, Texas against either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Do we all want the Longhorns? Yes. I do. Yeah, I think Texas goes down before the title game, but I don't think it's here. And number three, Kansas State against number six, TCU. I will go with the Horn Frogs here. I think that this is eventually this team of talent against the K-State team that's inexperienced in this spot. I will take Jamie Dixon's Horn Frog team to go on a run here. I'll go K-State. I am also going to go K-State. All right, so then with your bracket, we all would have Kansas-Baylor in the semifinals. Who do you guys think wins that hypothetical matchup? You going with KU? Baylor. I'm going to go Kansas to win the season series. Uh, Yeah, I am too. Baylor's lack of defense is going to screw him at some point. It'll be such a Kansas crowd. And then on the bottom bracket, I will pick TCU to upset Texas and go play Kansas on Saturday night for a Big 12 championship. Texas. I'm going to take K-State to upset Texas. Slight upset. Okay. And go to the Big 12 championship. So we we all have Kansas, but we have three. Or no, we don't have Kansas. Nick picked Baylor. So my championship game is going to be Kansas defeats TCU for a Big 12 tournament title. 
I have Kansas over K State for the Big Twelve tournament title. That'd be a, that'd be the most fun final, I think. Texas beats Baylor. Okay. Uh, three different predictions here. Uh, as we talk about Kansas, I think Texas Tech would be the easier matchup for them. Not as much offense there. West Virginia, we just saw them play Kansas tough. But then again, Kansas shredded West Virginia on the road and they needed a very last second play to defeat Texas Tech in Lubbock. I don't think it matters. I think Kansas is going to be either team by 10 to 12 points or so. And then I think that the games get a lot tougher on Friday. Any other analysis on this game? Uh, who you'd rather see him play, what you're looking for. We want to see Grady Dick get going. Yeah, not a lot of other analysis here. I think KU pretty definitively better than both those teams, and I think should handle them. Um, Kansas is usually pretty unbeatable in the quarterfinals, unless Josh Jackson messes with your car. That's the only time since 2009 that they didn't win their quarterfinal game, and they're almost always in this spot playing at the uh, playing at the 2 p.m. The official start time says 1.30. It's not going to start at 1.30 because the Baylor-Iowa State game won't be over then. Look for this game to start around 2, 2.05 p.m. or so. And yeah, I, I think the Jayhawks win this game and then a much tougher test awaits on Friday. So we're going to be back. We're going to record, what, late Thursday night towards the end of the day here, right, to have a show come out Friday morning. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's probably the idea. Okay, so we'll get you... We'll get you a show before they play in the semifinals. And until then, this is Inside the Paint on Rock Chuck Blog. I'm Ryan Landreth. I am Jason Tatum. And I I am, I don't know any NBA players, Nick Wipert. (laughs) If you you really were Jason Tatum, Landon, you could help me pay off my house. Because he Uh, has a lot of money. Well, as long as you email me all of your bank information and all the necessary security questions, I could probably help you with that. I'll just need your social security number, Ryan. You'd be so disappointed. You'd get in there and be like, oh, yes, I hacked into the bank account. I'm stealing all that. Wait, what? What do you mean there's not enough money to process this transfer? Well, because you see, I keep all my money from inside the paint in a separate secret bank account. Ah, That's how I'm living so lavishly. Swiss and Italian bank accounts. Yes, yes. And I've won a lot of money thanks to my Nigerian prince relative uh, (laughs) passing along that money to me. Uh, hopefully the uh, Big 12 tournament passes along some wins for the Jayhawks. And we'll be back on Thursday night, Friday morning for the next episode. All right, somebody say goodbye. Bye, regular season.